0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Goldcamp. I'll be shooting today's show by myself. We had some scheduling conflicts that came up with my co-hosts, Blake Alderman and Brett Diogardi. so I apologize for that, and I know kind of a common critique about this podcast has been that I tend to get a little bit wordy, so I'll be honest with you guys. I'm going to try to keep this episode a little bit short. Um, I think it can be short and to the point and be effective uh, getting across the points that I want to make after Florida's 40-17 to 17 loss to South Carolina last night. So that's how we're going to do it. Don't even have a planned ad break in this episode, so we're just going to run through it. I do apologize that this may come across as a little bit of kind of a stream of consciousness approach from me. Uh, that's kind of how it feels right now. I have a lot of thoughts on where the program is at under Dan Mullen, um, this this current team that's four and five, and really how we got here and then where it needs to go from here. And uh, I'm going to be pretty blunt. so. Um, if you are not the type that likes to hear your program questioned, critiqued, maybe even criticized a little bit in certain areas, this is probably not going to be the episode for you because I'm, I'm really not going to hold any punches. I'll try to give it to you as fairly as I, as I can. Um, but to be honest, Florida is a four and five program right now. They're a team that has not been able to find any answers for issues that have popped up throughout the season. Uh, Florida is not a team that has just one issue that you can point to and say, hey, if we fixed this, that would fix our issues. And I think that's part of the problem right now for Florida. So let's let's start to break it down. OK, we've talked a lot about on this podcast where the program is, is is right now, how momentum at this level of college football, when you have a fan base like Florida's, that expects to win championships, how quickly that momentum can turn on you and kind of snowball. And I, I've been pretty blunt on this podcast previously about what had to happen on the field with this 2021 team for Florida to come out of this season feeling like, okay, this wasn't a great year, but at least we have some reasons for optimism going forward with Dan Mullen it where, you know, at least we can make a cogent argument that continuing to move ahead with Dan Mullen is the right move for this program. I'll be perfectly honest and I'll say this up front. I don't think Dan Mullen should be Florida's coach in 2022. And I'll I'll try to break down why I believe that throughout the course of this podcast, but the long and short of it is I believe Florida passed the point of no return last night when they lost to a South Carolina team with a first year head coach. They lost to a South Carolina team that had to scrap to beat an absolutely terrible Vanderbilt team by one point when they lost to a South Carolina team that was on its third-string quarterback, who was a guy that previously played in Division II. This was a bad South Carolina team. Florida went into this game favored by 18 points. And I'm not going to ignore the reality that Florida had an extremely difficult week leading into this game, Multiple players were affected by a flu bug, Dan Mullen said after the game, and told the broadcast crew before the game, that as many as 20 to 30 players were out each day at practice due to the flu, right? So you're not having a good week of practice there. I understand that. Florida is not a team that can afford to get away with a, a situation like that, where you really cannot iron out some of the issues that you have, obviously, on both sides of the ball. That's a very real factor. That's that's the bottom line. Any coach would struggle to deal with that. Full stop right there. I'll grant I'll that to Dan Mullen. This is a difficult circumstance that he had to work with. The problem is that's life in the SEC. When you are in year four and you have that kind of issue pop up, that's on you at this point, right? And some of the things that have gotten us to this point in terms of Why Dan Mullen is feeling as much pressure on his job as he is right now are that he, going back to what David Wunderlich wrote a year two on Twitter after the Kentucky game that I thought was absolutely spot on, Dan Mullen to this point in his Florida tenure has not done many things that have increased his margin for error. And number one among those issues is shoddy recruiting. And the easiest way to overcome those issues when you have multiple scholarship players out When you have a situation where it's unexpected adversity, is to have the talented depth such that you can expect to at least reasonably compete with backup players. Florida doesn't have that right now. There's also no sign that Florida is getting better in recruiting, and that that will change in the near future. And that's a problem. And that is one of the reasons why I think Florida is past the point of no return with Dan Mullen at this point. I have seen. What happens when a coach loses the fan base to the degree that Dan Mullen now has? The bottom line is it gets incredibly difficult to recruit. It gets extremely hard to pull yourself out of that hole when you have every program that you're recruiting against now reinforcing the narrative that you're a sinking program on the recruiting trail. It gets extremely hard to overcome the downward momentum. When, quite frankly, you're being talked about as a laughing stock on every major college football program and every major college football show across the country. And yes, this this got out of hand quickly. Yes, you can make arguments in Dan Mullen's favor with a certain set of facts that if you craft them in the right way, maybe might lead you to have more patience with Dan Mullen beyond year four, beyond 2021. What do I mean by that? Well, look at look at last year. Florida, in year three under Dan Mullen, gets to the SEC championship game. By Florida standards, the, the, the goal is to get to SEC title games to eventually be able to win them. And so there's, a, there's a, an absolute narrative out there that, in some ways, Dan Mullen had really accomplished what he was out to do at Florida through the first three years. Now, did it happen as quickly as maybe Florida fans would have liked? No. But Dan Mullen inherited a four-win team. In 2017, 20, seven, 20, took over. 2018, they win 10 games. The following year, they win 11 games. And then the third year, they get to the SEC title game. That's an upward trajectory. And yes, Florida finished 8-4 last year. But if you're you're in the position of trying to defend Dan Mullen, you can make a logical case that Florida wasn't far away. That Dan Mullen had gotten the Gators to Atlanta with a chance to win. That's something that, you know... One, Will Muschamp never did. Couldn't get Florida to Atlanta, even though he had a good team. You know, had had an eleven and one team in the regular season in 2012, but the breaks didn't go his way. Georgia ends up winning the division that year and going to Atlanta. So Will Muschamp never got there, right? Jim McElwain was able to get there twice, but I think every Florida fan would tell you when Florida got to Atlanta in those two years in 2015 and 2016, it was a bit of a mirage. Florida went in knowing it had no chance to win those games, and that's the way it played out. When Dan Mullen took Florida to Atlanta last year, that wasn't the case. Florida had one of the nation's best offenses, one of the best offenses really in school history. And after seven years of absolutely putrid offenses under Will Muschamp, under Jim McElwain, Dan Mullen had solved a lot of the things that you would have, you know, had on a checklist of what you're looking for when you hire that next coach after Jim McElwain. He fixed the offense. He made Florida football fun again. He got to Atlanta, and he got there with a chance to win. Those are all arguments that you can make in favor of a defense of Dan Mullen at this point, right? The problem is a lot of people have looked at those kind of arguments, and the SEC Nation crew on SEC Network did the exact same thing yesterday before this Florida-South Carolina game. I wrote about it on Swamp 24-7. Tim Tebow kind of defended Dan Mullen and pointed to... Look, this team's not far away from you know, being a 7-1 team. You know they, they almost beat Alabama this year. They were you know a, 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 a fluky special teams play against Kentucky from potentially winning that game. There were a couple mistakes here and there against LSU from, from winning that game. The problem is that's cherry-picking the positive factors that you could argue about in Dan Mullen's favor. Let me point you to a quote that Dan Mullen had before this South Carolina game. Dan Mullen said, and clearly he's brushing back against the perception that this program is in trouble, that this program is spiraling downhill. But Dan Mullen said before this South Carolina game that the perception and the reality are out of whack. And essentially what he said is the perception out there is always you're either horrendous or you're absolutely awesome, right? There's no in between, there's no middle ground there in the SEC. And he's right. That is very true of the perception. However, Dan Mullen's argument that the reality of this current Florida situation is actually better than it is, while maybe accurate, is not a place where Florida wants to be. Here's the thing, and I wrote about this on Swamp 24-7 last night. We don't know where the bottom is for Florida right now. We don't. Florida is 4-5 and five right now on the season. You just lost to a team that everybody said you had no business losing to. and. Quite frankly, Florida looked like it quit last night. There's no telling how far this is going to spiral for Florida. So even if the reality is somewhere kind of more in the middle than the perception, we don't know where that midpoint's going to end up. We really don't. Florida could, I don't think they're going to lose to Sanford, but it's happened in the past. Florida has lost to Georgia Southern in a year like this that felt eerily similar. And I think the conversation at this point needs to shift towards, is this a salvageable situation for Florida? I think we're past the point of debating whether or not Dan Mullen can make a handful of changes to kind of get this thing on track and get Florida to where it wants to be. I think we've passed that point from a critical momentum standpoint. I think we've passed that point from a recruiting standpoint where it is now a unsalvable sh- unsalvageable situation as far as Dan Mullen already wasn't a great recruiter and now you're facing this kind of uphill task it's just not going to happen for me right so that's where I'm at I think the the scary part for Florida fans is I'm not sure that's where Florida's administration is at and we talked about that on the podcast last week I did a, uh, a podcast with Josh Newberg of our Florida State site, along with David Lake from our Miami site last week. And on that podcast, we talked about some of these kind of things, right? And David Lake actually kind of made the point that Miami is in a situation where it's not sure it can trust its AD. He's not sure that, you know, the AD is capable of making the right decision at this point. And I think Florida's in a very similar boat. And I pointed that out on Josh Newberg's podcast. Saying basically, I think there's a disconnect between where the fans are at at Florida and where athletics director Scott Strickland is. And I'll be honest with you, I have not had enough time yet to talk to sources in the program, uh, given the fallout of this South Carolina game, to see if that's still true a week later. If if after this South Carolina game, I don't know if Scott Strickland feels the same way as he did before that game. I don't, but I can tell you from talking to people around the program, talking to people plugged in. Scott Strickland was not ready to move on from Dan Mullen a week ago. I don't know if that calculus has changed. But I think there's enough evidence at this point, if you're not cherry-picking the positive stats in Dan Mullen's favor, that this should be a relatively easy decision for Scott Strickland. Here's a couple things. For Florida to get out of this hole... First off, pretty much everybody agrees. Todd Grantham is a huge problem. He's got to go. For this defense to do what it did last night against South Carolina, a very, very poor South Carolina team who had an absolutely abysmal offensive line coming into this game and yet pushed Florida around all night long. Watch what LSU did, severely undermanned against Florida and was able to execute the counter all night long. This Florida team... Cannot win with Todd Grantham as defensive coordinator. That was evident to a lot of people last year. And I wrote at the time, after that LSU debacle, that Dan Mullen, by hitching his wagon to Todd Grantham, was going to shift the blame, the focus of the spotlight if things went wrong, from Todd Grantham onto himself. Right? That happened. Dan Mullen is now feeling the consequences of that decision. I think we're at the same place with Scott Strickland now if he decides to retain Dan Mullen after the 2021 season. Here's a couple things that I think Scott Strickland needs to hear if he's not. And I don't, again, I'm not proclaiming to know whether or not Scott Strickland is in the same place now that he was a week ago. But here's some things that I I am concerned that he is maybe not seeing or is ignoring in light of cherry picking those positive stats in Dan Mullen's favor. To fix Florida's problems, not only do you have to change the defensive coordinator, not only do you have to hire new coaches, better recruiters that are going to hopefully mesh with Dan Mullen and bring not only better recruiting classes to Florida, but also stability in terms of the defensive performance and and basically get to the point where all these problems that Florida has are now solved in enough measure that Florida can compete for championships. Recruiting is a problem. And here's the thing. These have been evident issues for a while. How simple can I make this? Florida has had problems recruiting from day one under Dan Mullen. And there is some truth to the fact that people are more critical now, more outspoken now than maybe they were early on. But there were signs early on. And here's, here's some evidence. Look at Florida's defensive tackles this year. You have three graduate transfers essentially playing the majority of the snaps on the defensive line. Javon Dexter is probably the fourth guy in that rotation, and that's good. He's a five-star recruit, by the way. Um, but Dan Mullen knew that he had problems on defense. And if he didn't, that's a bigger problem. Okay? So red flag number one there. Dan Mullen opted to take the easy way out by replacing a pair of assistant coaches in the secondary while retaining Todd Grantham, who, in my opinion, was the root of the problem. And I think a lot of fans felt that way, too. Those changes did not work for Dan Mullen. The defense is in the exact same spot, despite having new coaches, who I think have also done a good job. At this point, it's not on the assistants. It's on Todd Grantham. Here's a fact for you. Torian Gray, the cornerback's coach that was let go last year and um, was pointed to as one of the primary parts of the problem, he's at South Carolina now. South Carolina's secondary has recorded a lot of interceptions this season. Torian Gray has been successful at every stop outside of Florida under Dan Mullen. Torian Gray didn't suddenly forget how to recruit under Dan Mullen, okay? This is a top-down systemic problem at Florida. So, Dan Mullen had one chance to fix the defense last year. Didn't work. He didn't make the hard choice. He didn't go for the root of the problem. Defensive tackle. Same thing. Foulson we talked about why, so why, why, again? and again, I apologize for the rambling a little bit. I'm all over the place. But going back to recruiting as an identifiable problem early in Dan Mullen's tenure, Florida only recruited two interior defensive linemen in the 2018 and 2019 classes, and former assistant Sal Censeri, who was the defensive line coach at the time, was part of the problem, ends up leaving for Alabama. Florida feels like it's going to get better there. They hire David Turner, and I think David Turner's a pretty good coach. He's a pretty good assistant coach. I think he's probably a decent recruiter, but the results haven't panned out. For whatever reason, Florida's big 2020 class uh, in terms of defensive tackles has not panned out. You have Lamar Goods not playing a role. Jalen Lee not really playing a big role. Jalen Humphreys not really playing a big role. So early on, these problems have kind of manifested now onto the field. Florida's recruiting classes aren't getting better, man. Florida was ninth in 2019, 9th nationally in 2020, 12th in 2021. They're number, 2022, they're number 22 right now in 2022. So they're not getting better. They're not getting better. And Florida's had the chance to make fixes to things that should have been a problem. Dan Mullen wants to preach the Gator standard. The Gator standard, as he puts it, as Damian Pierce has explained numerous times this season, when he's been the senior leader out there, asked... To answer for this team's problem has been the Gator standard is to give 100% effort in everything that you do in all areas that are under your control, essentially. Dan Mullen's in charge of recruiting. Dan Mullen's in charge of hiring a staff that can recruit. Dan Mullen's in charge of hiring a staff that can coach defense. And Dan Mullen has had opportunities to make fixes to these problems that many people saw. Granted, these problems didn't necessarily have to lead to this kind of spiral. This is, a, this is absolutely a case where everything that can go wrong for Florida is going wrong. There's a scenario out there where these things don't go wrong and Dan Mullen is able to get a little bit more time and then maybe potentially make a few more fixes. Unfortunately for Florida, that's sometimes not how life in the SEC plays out. Sometimes you get hit with a flu bug before you play a terrible South Carolina team. Sometimes your task is to get your team to show up and play even when they don't want to. Dan Mullen is failing at that task. And momentum in the SEC is extremely, extremely difficult to overcome when it starts snowballing against you. That's where Florida's at. And so Scott Strickland has to decide if he hitches his wagon to Dan Mullen in the same way that Dan Mullen hitched his wagon to Todd Grantham, that focus shifts from Dan Mullen onto Scott Strickland. Because let's be honest, as an athletics director at a place like Florida, all the small sports success there. That's great. It doesn't matter if the football team isn't doing well, and if the money maker for the program, the one that funds every other sport out there, suddenly loses funding because fans are lost, because boosters don't believe that the job can get done. I don't know if the boosters are there. Again, not claiming to have that knowledge right now. I do know that where Florida's at right now with Dan Mullen, if you're betting on him. In 2022, you are making an extremely low percentage play. The odds say this doesn't work out. You can look at SEC history and numerous programs similar to Florida where this just doesn't work out. It doesn't work out when you're in year four and you're going completely the wrong direction. When you're in year four and recruiting is becoming a huge, hard uphill climb. Will Muschamp was a terrific recruiter. and After 2013, when Florida made the decision to retain him, he actually had a pretty good recruiting class, even against all those odds. Wasn't good, though, and the trend was still down. You could see where it was headed. Didn't get the time to fix it. Didn't get all the right breaks. Essentially, at this point, if you go with Dan Mullen for 2022, you're betting on an extremely improbable scenario. You're betting that Dan Mullen, despite the roster holes that he has allowed to build up, Despite the fact that he's had chances to make proactive coaching changes that would shore up recruiting and his defense ahead of this point in time, hasn't done it. So you're betting against all of that. Here's some other here's some other facts for Scott Strickland as you're looking at a potential decision here. Dan Mullen's buyout is very negotiable. It's very reasonable. Sorry, negotiable is not really the term I was looking for there. Maybe there is. I don't know. That's not where I want to go with this. It's a reasonable buyout. It's twelve million dollars for Dan Mullen. That's going to be true next year too. So the math there doesn't change. Here's some math that does change. Florida's sixth highest-paid assistant coaches this year are on contracts that end after the 2021 season. That's about four point three million dollars worth. Four point two, somewhere in that range, right? To fix this issue, if you're giving Dan Mullen another year, you're talking about bringing in assistant coaches that are looking at this from the outside perception that Florida is a downhill program. It's a sinking ship. Dan Mullen is not going to be on a long leash here, right? So you're going to have to tell these assistant coaches and you're going to have to negotiate with them in a way that makes them feel comfortable walking into that situation. How does that happen? Two ways. One in the form of a lot of money or two in the form of a multi-year contract. Either way you are committing yourself further financially to, again, what I say is a very, very low probability bet at this point. You're not going to get an easier chance to pull the plug on this staff than after 2020 and 2021 if you're Scott Strickland. Like, you're just not. That's Financially, that is the responsible thing to do at this point if you decide that this is an untenable situation. That's the decision Scott Strickland has to make. I don't know if he will make it. But in my mind, Dan Mullen has had... Chances to fix it, right? And even if you believe that Dan Mullen can be introspective and has a come-to-Jesus sort of meeting with himself where he says this isn't working, to me, there's still no evidence based on his 13-year history as a head coach that he's going to be able to make those changes and they're going to work. Again, it's a low-probability bet. And I'm not really sure that effort alone is the answer. You're talking about a coach in Dan Mullen who was involved in a scandal over recruiting, over the Leo Lewis recruitment, right? This is a coach that I don't think lack of effort is the issue. I think it's lack of talent in their recruiting department. I think it's personality. I think it's, in my mind, I think it's approach. I don't think Dan Mullen approaches recruiting the same way that he approaches developing an offensive game plan from an X's and O's standpoint. The same way that he approaches developing quarterbacks with his steadfast belief that the right way to do it is to allow young guys to get experience in big games throughout their career. But really to really, really wait until they've developed a sense of confidence to to throw them into the mix full bore. I'm not questioning Dan Mullen on quarterbacks. That's not where I want to go with this. I'm just throwing that out there as Dan Mullen is who he is. He's a stubborn guy. It's unlikely to expect a coach who has now been a coach in the SEC for 13 years to suddenly have a realization that this is going to be it. If Dan Mullen got it, Florida would be recruiting at a higher level than they were essentially Mississippi State. There's no tangible difference to me in the way Dan Mullen recruited at Mississippi State and the way he's recruiting at Florida. The brand alone hasn't helped. To me, that's indicative of a problem with the guy sitting in the chair as head coach. So, again, I go back to, are there reasons that you could make a case for Dan Mullen to come back in 2022? Probably. I would argue that's cherry picking positive stats in Dan Mullen's favor and I don't want to cherry pick the stats negatively against Dan Mullen I go back to what I said towards the beginning of this show if reality is somewhere in the middle of that perception in terms of perception is everything is terrible or everything is great we don't know where the midpoint is and I can guarantee you the high point hasn't been very high if Florida's high point is an SEC championship game appearance and being competitive against Alabama, but ultimately finishing eight and four on the season. It's not a good high mark, high mark, not a good high water mark. That's not where Dan Mullen wants to be. It's not good enough for Florida fans. So we came into the Dan Mullen coaching tenure, kind of saying that the book on Dan Mullen was you'd have a high floor, but you didn't know where the ceiling was. We still don't know where the ceiling is. But at this point, the evidence for the ceiling is, not looking great. It's looking like you have, you know, an elite quarterback who shatters single season passing records. You have the best tight end, maybe, in SEC football history. You have a first round draft pick at wide receiver, who's a human joystick, and you still only come up eight and four with a loss to Alabama in the SEC championship game. That doesn't convince me that Dan Mullen's the guy. And that floor that we thought would be pretty high under Dan Mullen. We thought that was because of his coaching ability, his X's and O's. How far did X's and O's get him last year? How far are they getting him this year with a roster that isn't up to snuff when it comes to comparing it against the teams you're going against every year, Georgia, LSU, some of these other teams that you have to see if you want to get past SEC championship games into the college football playoff, like Alabama, like Texas A&M next year, last year. Bottom line, I don't see any way out of this for Florida. I do understand that um, there's realities to what Dan Mullen says when he says that the negativity outside of the program, the negativity coming from me on this podcast are tough to overcome that's reality I'm not denying that but Dan Mullen has paid seven and a half million dollars a year walking into that reality knowing that reality to get the job done Job's not getting done. And if you're Scott Strickland at this point and you're still on the fence about Dan Mullen, you got bigger issues. Guys, that's where I'm at. I honestly don't know how else to say it. I hope that I was relatively fair there. I hope that I didn't bore you. Um, again, uh, I apologize for not having a clearer message there. But in your four under Dan Mullen, you're four and five, two and eight in your last 10 games against power five opponents, the only two wins, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Kentucky loss three weeks ago. Yeah, could have defended it. Kentucky just lost to Tennessee. They've got three losses. LSU, you know that team that uh, you know, was dealing with a lot of under undermanned roster issues. He just went out and competed with Alabama, nearly upset Alabama. They're playing hard for a head coach who's already been fired. Florida's not playing hard for a head coach who apparently, as of last week, again, we'll see if it changes, as of last week still had the full backing of his athletic director. If that doesn't tell you that there's a problem within the Florida program, I don't know what does. Dan Mullen, in my opinion, has lost this team. He's lost the locker room. You've got guys going on social media apologizing to fans during the game. For a team that just shut down media access, if Dan Mullen's idea was to rally the troops, that sure as hell didn't work. Bottom line, I don't see any way out of this hole. I'm I'm working myself into a tizzy. Because I, I, it seems so obvious to me at this point. And I think if you're Scott Strickland, to me, the math on it is so simple, man. That stuff I outlined with the assistant coaches, Mullen's buyout, you are going to pot commit yourself to a, a losing hand if you opt to stick with Dan Mullen in 2022. Stay tuned to Swamp 24-7. I do plan to reach out to as many sources within the program as I can. Brett Diogardi, former player, we're going to lean on him as well to get the pulse of the players. Bob Redman has plenty of contacts within the program. We're going to be digging into exactly whether or not Scott Strickland's thinking has changed. We'll give you an idea whether or not Dan Mullen's thinking has changed and whether or not the changes that will be coming one way or the other, whether it's Dan Mullen sticking around and trying to make those changes or Scott Strickland making the bigger picture change are coming. We're going to let you know how that's going. But bottom line is right now, not working. I don't see a way out of it. And I'll leave it at that. We'll be back. Uh, I hope to be back on Tuesday. It's unfortunate that uh, Blake and Brett weren't able to be on the podcast with me today. I do want to get their thoughts because I don't want this to be... Um, th- this show should be about more than, than just my thoughts. I-, I like to give my thoughts, but I do like to get feedback from other people. I think multiple angles are important. Um, and so we'll, we'll try to be back on Tuesday, guys. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast. Appreciate you tuning in.